Hello. We are so glad that you have chosen to stream this audio, and we hope it will encourage you in your faith and your walk towards Christ-likeness. As a side note, we pray that this audio sermon is just supplemental in your relationship with Christ and in no way replaces the church you are plugged into or the pastor that God has put in your life to shepherd and care for your soul. And so with that said, please enjoy this sermon. We have prayed that God would use it in your life. That big beam that's in your eye, get that out of the way first. Repent and believe the gospel, and then you might be in a place where you can help other people. So think about all of these things. All of these things apply to us just as much as they apply to the people that Jesus was speaking to. How overwhelming is that when you begin to take the weight of all of these things on yourself? And so I think that's why Jesus now focuses upon this issue of prayer. So look with me at Matthew chapter 7. We're going to begin reading in verse 7. Go down to verse 12 together. Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him? Let's pause and pray. Father, help us as your people this morning as we think through this text. Help us to understand your word more clearly. I pray, Father, that as a result of hearing it, receiving it, Lord, we would be challenged and changed. And we pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Now, so what are we learning here from this text? Disciples are to be persistent in prayer because God delights in answering the prayers of His children. Now, this morning, I want us to learn uh, three truths about prayer. The first is this. God answers the prayers of His children. God answers the prayers of His children. Second, God gives good gifts to His children. And then third, God expects to be imitated by His children. So let's look at the first of these. God answers the prayers of His children. Look back there at verse 7. We find this verse that uh, probably we're very familiar with. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. It's an interesting text. Sometimes it's been misused. We'll talk about that. But Jesus here in this section is telling us that we ought to have an unwavering commitment to prayer. We ought to be people of prayer. We ought to be always about the business of praying. You have an opportunity to talk with the one who created all things. You have an opportunity to talk with one who can actually do the impossible. And yet so many times we don't pray. We don't pray. We don't enter into that prayer closet. We don't spend time speaking with the Lord, asking of the Lord. We ought to. There's a couple of parables that Jesus tells in the Gospels. One found in Luke chapter 11. 
specifically, where he talks about this, this prevailing, this perseverance of prayer. And I just want us to mention these just for a second. If you want to, you can turn to Luke chapter 11, verse 5. Jesus is telling this parable, and he says to them, he says, which of you has a friend will go to him, excuse me, which of you has a friend and will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer him from within, do not bother me. The door is shut now. My children are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. And Jesus says, I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Yet because of his impudence, his annoyance, his disrespectfulness, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. Right? Now, notice that, that the one man gave the other man bread not because he liked the other guy, but it was because the other guy was persistent. He kept knocking. He wasn't going away. He was an annoying person. And so he gave him the bread that he wanted. The other parable, Luke 18, verse 1, it says, and Jesus told them a parable in the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He's kind of given us the, the character of this parable. He says, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. Well, that's a bummer of a judge, if you ask me. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he refused. But afterward, he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord Jesus said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. So Jesus tells a story of a widow who desired to have justice done for a particular situation, and so she's going to this unrighteous judge and because she won't stop asking, he answers. Jesus is saying, you ought to be like the widow. You ought to be like this lady. Keep asking. Keep asking. Ask and ask and ask at the risk of becoming obnoxious. There's never any harm in asking. And imagine this grumpy, apathetic judge. Doesn't like people, doesn't like God. Worse than Judge Judy. And then compare him with the Heavenly Father. How much more inclined do you think your Father is to hearing your request? And not just hearing your request, but actually answering your prayers. That's what Jesus is saying. Your Father loves you, loves His children, and He is perfectly just. Now, Let's think a little bit about the words here that, that Jesus is using. Now, without, well, at the risk of becoming pedantic, I don't want to do that. In the Greek, Greek is different than English, which is maybe obvious if you've ever tried to read Greek. It's different than English. English, it's like Greek, the, uh, the words have a lot more stuff packed into them. 
okay? And, and English words, instead of packing stuff into our words, we just add additional words to it to kind of explain it. So the words themselves, when we look at this particular passage, there are, there are, two, there are a couple of different kinds of imperatives or command kinds of verbs. Now, I don't want to bore you, but just to kind of explain it, it's helpful for us to understand this. One of these kinds of, of verbs is uh, it, it speaks to an action that happens one time. And it's just one time and only one time in a particular situation. The other kind of imperative verb describes a command, and it doesn't just happen one time, but it continues to happen. Ongoing kind of action. So an example of this, if, we, if I was to say to a person who was driving a car, stop at the red light. That's the first kind, right? Stop at the red light. So you do that one time. Now, if I was to add on to it, and don't forget, always stop at the red light, then there's a continuing action here for us to observe, right? Not just this particular red light, but all of them in the future always stop at red lights. This is the kind of verb, the second kind of verb that Jesus is using here in this passage when he says, ask and seek and knock. He's saying, always ask. Always seek, always knock, be about this continually in your life, always praying, always going to God, continually pray, continually seek after God in these ways. Friends, we cannot be discouraged because God does care about our needs. And He's willing to give good gifts to His children. We are asking. Jesus, I think it's especially important that we note this, Jesus is not speaking to everyone and anyone in this passage. He's speaking to God's children. Not only is Jesus saying that we must be persistent in prayer, but more importantly, he's specifically addressing disciples here, believers, ones who are following after God. So this, isn't, this is not a promise that's just kind of like a, a blank check to anyone when they're in trouble, when they're in need, that they can ask and seek and knock, and then God is somehow bound then to answer the prayer. No. For disciples. This is for people who are of God. We also see that this promise applies even more specifically to those who are obedient children. So just not just children, but he's talking about in the context of an obedient relationship with God. Obedient children are those who obey the law of Christ. We're about the work of love. Obedient children are those who are not hypocrites. Those who are real. Those who are attentive to the word of God. God hears the prayers of His children and is attentive to their knocking. He's attentive to their, their asking. And friends, He's not so gracious to those who are not believers in Jesus. Luke records almost an exact opposite, a counterpart to Jesus' words here in Matthew 7 in the Gospel in chapter 13. He's talking about the uh, people who will come and attempt to enter the kingdom through Another way, instead of the narrow way, the wide way. And, and this is what Jesus says. He says, and someone will say to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he says to them, I think it's interesting, he doesn't actually answer the question. But he says, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us. And then he will answer you, I do not know where you come from. That's obvious here. Jesus is speaking about believers. He's speaking about the children of God. 
Second thing that is important for us to note when we think about asking, we think about seeking, we think about knocking and prayer, is that Jesus is speaking about proper kinds of requests. That's just any old thing. He's talking about the proper kind of request. Jesus is obviously not saying that, that the disciples should ask for lots and lots of stuff, material possessions. This is not, this is not a health and wealth kind of gospel verse. Now, it's used or misused by many to refer to those kinds of things. Ask God, and He's required to do what it is you've asked. Ask God, and He'll give you what you want. Sow a seed of faith, and God is bound then to give it to you. Pray for that new car. Pray for that new jet. Whatever you want. Have faith, and God will give you the desires of your heart. These are the kinds of things that are preached. Is that what, is that what Jesus is talking about? No, that's not what He's talking about. Jesus has just told them to stop focusing on material things, hasn't he? He just told them, stop thinking about the stuff you wear. Stop thinking about the stuff that you're going to eat. Stop thinking about the places that you're going to live. Stop thinking about the donkey that you're going to ride. Stop thinking about the Rolls Royce that you want, right? Not this stuff. He says, don't store up treasures here but rather store up treasures in heaven. So don't worry about the food. Don't worry about the clothing. Don't worry about the shelter. God is in the business of providing these things already. And he says, instead, put your energy in the seeking after the kingdom rule of God in your heart and the lives of those around you. Now, so remember the context of the sermon here where we find this promise. Is he talking about requests for material things? No. He's talking about selfless requests. He's talking about kingdom-oriented kinds of requests. Those are the kinds of things that God says, ask, seek, knock. These are the kinds of things that He's interested in answering. But how often do our prayers focus on the things that God's not really interested in answering? We wonder why it is that we've been praying and praying and praying for years about certain things and we've never really gotten the answer. We've never gotten what we wanted. We asked. We sought. We knocked and knocked and knocked. And for some reason, God did not come through for us. Why? Well, what were we asking for? Jesus tells us that we should not worry about what we will eat or what we will wear. But we ought to be careful to rely upon His provision. So what are the most important things in God's mind in relationship to you and your life? Is it about the stuff that you have? The kind of job that you have? Or even your health? What is the most important thing? God's not so much concerned about how nice your clothes are. He's not really that concerned about how comfortable your lazy boy is or, or how well-paying your job is. He's concerned about perfection. He's concerned about spiritual maturity. He's concerned about your growth pattern in Christ. The majority of our prayers should not be about the temporary needs that He already knows about. And He's already providing for, whether it's food or clothing or work or homes or health. But our prayers should be about the overwhelming need that we have to be molded into the image of Jesus Christ. It's the significant point at this point. Significant that this promise then is given here at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Now think back about what we've already learned. We've talked about this. 
We've examined this long list several different times just to kind of recap it. Jesus speaks of purity of heart. And we lack that, right? Jesus speaks of humility and we lack that. Jesus speaks of self-denial and we lack that. Jesus speaks of integrity and we lack that. Jesus speaks of, of perfect love and we fall so very short of that. Now Jesus mentions our need for prayer so that we would pray and ask God to help us. And God will answer these kinds of prayers because He wants you to grow in maturity in your faith. So, our second principle. God gives good gifts to His children. Look there, verse 9. He says, which one of you I wonder if he's like pointing at people, you know. You jerk, why would you, you know. Which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? And Peter's like, oh, I was going to raise my hand, but now I'll keep it down. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake or a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And it's funny, when you, ever you preach and teach and you think about, like when they give illustrations about children, it always makes me think of my own children. And this particular one made me think of Rowan. Rowan, I don't know if you've, if you've seen Rowan, you know he loves to eat, right? And uh, he loves to eat things that really aren't that good for him, but he loves suckers. And um, a couple of weeks ago, we were at Great Clips getting everyone's haircut. And uh, after the haircut, kids get suckers. Adults get suckers. It's a great place. So. But he, I'm holding him because he can't reach them, and, and he's bending over, and he's reaching down, and it's like he has to pause and take I mean, there's so many options here. You know, like there's red ones, there's blue ones, there's yellow ones, there's brown ones, there's all kinds, and you have to pick. And so he's carefully selecting his sucker, and he finally chooses one, and he takes it out, and he's just like, oh, man, this is amazing. I try to help him, and he gets annoyed by that because apparently if dad helps, it's just going to take longer for me to get the sucker in my mouth. And sometimes he doesn't even bother taking the package off. He'll just stuff the thing in, you know. So I try to help him. He takes the sucker off. And all the time I know this is going to be such a mess, you know. It's going to dissolve. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be all down the front of him. His hands are going to be sticky. Then he's going to touch me. It's, just, it's going to be a wreck. Maybe he loves suckers. Now, there are times when you say yes to a sucker, right? And there's times when you say no to a sucker. His request is quite adamant. He doesn't really, he doesn't really know how to say sucker yet, but he, he does convey his meaning, right? <laughs> Through grunts and pointing. That's what he does. Now, even if he's adamant in his request, and it's 15 minutes before dinner, I know that if he has the sucker, or if he has the snack, he's not going to eat his dinner as he would if he didn't have the sucker. And so sometimes I say, Maybe later. He doesn't speak English very good at this point, but maybe later. Or no, he understands that one quite well. Our Heavenly Father desires to give good gifts to you. And Jesus here, he compares human fathers with our Heavenly Father. And if you can give a good gift, you who are a sinner, someone who is angry, someone who is selfish, an evil person can give good things 
How much better can your heavenly Father, who is perfect, give good gifts? The truth is, sometimes we're asking for the wrong things. See, God knows that sometimes what we ask for is not the thing that we need. James writes in James chapter 1, he says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. See, our Heavenly Father gives good gifts. Even better than that, He gives perfect gifts. And His desire for you is that you would be continually changed by the words of truth. That you would bear fruit for the sake of the kingdom of Christ. He wants you to be a godly father who loves and leads your family. He wants you to be a faithful employee who works with integrity. He wants you to be an evangelistic student who loves your classmates. He wants you to be a patient and nurturing mother who disciples her children. He answers those kinds of prayers. He answers those prayers based upon His own infinite wisdom and knowledge. And He answers them for your benefit. But we have to ask rightly. Agnes Sanford wrote these words. She said that the objective of prayer must of course be in accordance with God's will. For it is as difficult to make God's power operate contrary to His will as it is to make water flow uphill. A wise engineer studies the laws of flowing water and builds his water system in accordance with those laws. A wise scientist studies the laws of nature and adapts his experiments to those laws. And a wise seeker after God had better study the laws of God and adapt his prayers to those laws. See, God answers the prayers. And when He does, they are always going to be for your maximum good and His greatest glory. So sometimes God says, maybe later. Sometimes He says, no. Number three, God expects to be imitated by his children. Look at verse 12. It says, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. James Baldwin, an American writer, he, he said this. He said, Children have never been good at listening to their elders, but they have never failed to imitate them. Isn't that true? I think specifically of my daughter, Violet. She's like all children, they love to imitate. One particular occasion, she came out of her room and she had her, she calls it her pink baby. She has pink camouflage. It's weird. But she loves this thing. I mean, it goes with her everywhere. And she comes out and, and Violet's got this frown on her face. And she's like, she's really contemplating something serious, you know. And she's holding the baby and she walks up to a chair and she takes the baby and she pulls the baby up, you know, right in front of her face and she says, you quiet. It's like the baby's not saying anything. You quiet. And she says, no fits. You sit. And sits her in the thing and then walks away. I feel like maybe she's seen that happen before. <laughs> Children imitate their parents. Right? And sometimes that's really good. <laughs> Other times it's a little embarrassing. But it happens. 
Jesus is addressing this issue in verse 12. God is the one who gives good gifts. God is the one who blesses those in relationship with Him. And then He says in verse 12, this is often called the golden rule, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Do you want to fulfill God's requirement? Well, then love others more than you love yourself. Have a gracious acceptance toward others, heartfelt compassion toward others. Give to others in such a way that it benefits them, even if it's a disadvantage to you. So friends, as we think about this passage this morning, I just ask you, where are you at today? Perhaps you've been praying for something very specific for a very long time. And you're not getting the answer that you want. You're not hearing a response. And you feel like maybe God is just not answering prayers anymore. I ask you then, what are you praying for? What are you praying for and where are you praying from in your heart? Is it all about your desires, your needs, temporal blessings, or is it about Christ? Is it about the kingdom of God? And friends, if it's not, I would encourage you this morning, pray and ask the Lord to change your desires to be His desires. Because God loves answering the prayers of His children. Let's pray. Father, we thank You that we can, as your children, speak to you. We're thankful, we're thankful that you desire to answer our prayers, that, that you are not neglectful of us, but that you are ready and waiting to hear us when we ask and when we seek after you and when we knock at the door. God, you hear us and you desire to answer us. Lord, help us. Even as we reflect upon the model prayer that Jesus explained to the disciples, God, help us to know what is an appropriate thing to pray for and knowing what you will answer, the things that you desire for us to pray, that you might then answer those things and bless. God, help us to be a people of prayer. We ask this in Jesus' name.